time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here. It's Monday, November 25th, Thanksgiving week. What are you grateful for? One of the things I'm grateful for is to have you as a listener. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals, and it's for mortgage professionals. That's you, our listening audience, and we're just so thankful to have you as our listeners and sharing the message of what we're trying to get out here around the industry. We are so widely listened to, and we're so grateful it's been only accomplished by you sharing it virally. So thank you. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Today's hot topic, we're continuing down the M&A topic. We've got Mark Jensen, who will be here. He's CEO of Town Mortgage Company, and he'll be talking about some interesting strategies and tactics about growing and expanding your mortgage company through M&A. Looking forward to that conversation with Mark. Also, I want to say that we're proud to be a part of the Industry Syndicate. They're a great organization. Check out all the podcasts on industrysyndicate.com. Some news from our friends at Black Knight. Mitch Cohen, Director of Public Relations and Marketing and Communications at Black Knight, sent this over. We saw some real strong improvement in the national delinquency rate, now down 3.8% from September and down 7% from last year. At 3.39%, the delinquency rate is now within three-tenths of 1%, three basis points of the record low set in May. Serious delinquencies, those that are more than 90 days delinquent but yet have not gone into foreclosure, continue to improve as well. Those are down 10,000 seriously delinquent loans from last month and 66,000 from last year. There are now only 433,000 serious delinquencies, and that is more than a 14-year low. For more information, check out Black Knight at blackknightinc.com. Very grateful to our friends at specifically Mitch Cohn, Director of Public Relations and Marketing and Communications at Black Knight for sharing us the information. Let's get into thanking our sponsors. So grateful for our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. What a wonderful partnership we have with them and encourage you to have a partnership with them if you're not already a member. As well as Black Knight, they have this actionable intelligence platform delivering data that drives growth and reduces costs. Go check it out at blackknightinc.com. They're doing some really exciting stuff there. Talk to Tyler Sherman. We're going to have him on as a guest to just kind of give us some insights into what they're doing with the data. Super exciting. Anyway, also, thank you to Scott Gordon. I was texting him last night. He's up in Big Sky snow skiing. Oh, I don't think that was a secret. hope not. Anyway, he's up there enjoying the snow-cold country of Big Sky. He's got his boards on skiing today. I'm sure he's listening to this. Do you think he's listening to this while he's on the slopes? Maybe, maybe not. Anyway. Check out their reverse mortgage programs. They're very aggressive. He just came back from, Scott just came back from the Nirmala Conference, which is the reverse mortgage conference, the reverse mortgage conference, and just really encouraged by some of the things that are going on in that space. I encourage you to check it out. Check out all the videos he has on his website. 
Also, Finastra's FusionBot solution automatically addresses compliance issues while delivering enhanced borrower satisfaction and increased productivity. We did two webinars this last week. On behalf of Finastra, one to the American Bankers Association and one to the Independent Community Bankers Association. Went really well. I'm so excited about the partnership with them. And also, we're introducing you to more and more independent mortgage bankers and about their MortgageBot POS and their MortgageBot LOS. You need to check this out, folks. It's really a strong system. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these mortgage co-ops create competitive advantages for both lenders and vendor members thrilled to be a part of both of these co-ops. Lenders One, which you can check out at LendersOne.com, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative, TMC. Grateful to be part of it. And also CMLA, which is the Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Thrilled to be in affiliation and partnership with them, as well as Velma, as well as KnowledgeCube, Vidyard, AI Assist. Gosh, I love what they do with their AI program, so check out AI Assist. We have all of them listed on our website. Then a special thank you goes, of course, out to Alice, Andy, Alan, Joe for their contributions to this podcast. And I might just say I am so grateful and thankful for their contributions each and every week. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with what he has for us this week with the MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, Congress passed and the President signed a short-term funding bill to fund the government until December 20th. Embedded in the bill was a temporary reauthorization of the National Flood Insurance Program. Next, Congress will work on a long-term funding bill. Also last week, the CFPB released its Fall 2019 Agenda, which included a review of the Loan Originator Compensation Rule. This is the first formal acknowledgement by the Bureau that it views LO Comp as a priority. And finally, after 18 months of industry and regulator preparations, the Mortgage Loan Originator Temporary Authority Law went into effect on Sunday, November 24th. MLOs who meet the strict eligibility requirements in the federal statute will be able to work in any state for 120 days if they have applied for a license and completed their education and testing requirements. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the partnership with you and you giving us this information as well as the partnership with the MBA. Also, while you're at the MBA website, folks, be sure to go out and get registered for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Learn all about it. A lot there. A lot of great information. Of course, you can listen to Alice Alvey's segment. We have a lot, but it doesn't replace having your voice being heard. So get the information from Alice, what's going on, and then make sure you send in the letters to your senators. It's so easy. Download the app and click, and it's done. Les Parker is here with this week's TM Spotlight and his macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Amesworth Advisors. So check on the G4 sales. See how the growth sales set. Japan reports slow growth. Check. Australia reports slow growth. Check. Asia reports slow growth because China slows. Check. Check. Germany and other European economic data confirm weakness. Check. Check. The Fed and the other central banks continue to attempt to calm the markets with an ocean of liquidity. All the noise and little action make trading a bear. Why don't banks leave markets alone? This is the worst trip they've ever been on. 
are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Oh, I love that song. Remember that so well. Brings back some good memories from much from yesteryear, Joe. Yesteryear. Yeah. You remember that? When we get older, I remember. Kind of just kind of gets. I remember it like yesterday. I loved the Beach Boys. I was living in Minnesota. I wanted to be a be. I wanted to be a <laughs> Southern California guy. I could see it only that. Only took me until I was 38 years old to get there. But love my time in SoCal. But love my time here in Austin even more because I get to meet guys like you. What you got for us this week? Well, you know, it's a short week. Not a lot going on other than in the stock market. We've had a continuation of the of the rally uh, this morning. We're up 125 points or so, with the Dow sitting right at 28,000. The nice thing about this movement is that it's a reaction to something that China has done regarding the trade discussions. They have tightened restrictions on stealing intellectual property. That's a big step. If it's for real, and it turns out to be enforced, that's a big step toward maybe reducing the conflict that the U.S. and China have had regarding trade. So that was a big step. And then the pro-democracy vote in Hong Kong was another favorable thing for the market this morning. So good day for the stock market. Unfortunately, there's been no negative reaction in the bond market. Uh, MBS prices are pretty much good. flat for the day. Yeah. Looking at last week, Dave, it was a pretty quiet week as well. Neither stocks nor bonds moved too much last week. No real surprises in, in what we heard in headlines from discussions with China. There are no surprises in the Fed meeting minutes from the October meeting. And the economic data was pretty much in line with expectations. So it really was a pretty quiet week with MBS prices ending just about exactly where they, where they started the week. The housing data that came out last week, which including housing starts and existing home sales, both exceeded September, but not by as much as the market expected. So, it helped, yeah. Uh, but it still showed a, an improvement. Consumer sentiment was a little better than expected. So, The bond market this week, as I mentioned, is going to be closed early. They're going to close on Thursday, and then we'll close early on Friday at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Typically, weeks like this, the volume's a little light, which can cause some market volatility or reaction on thin yeah. market. So good to pay attention. The significant economic data that comes out will come out tomorrow on Wednesday, really nothing on Friday. The data tomorrow is going to be consumer confidence and new home sales. And then on Wednesday, some little more significant items to pay attention to. First, we'll get a second look at the third quarter GDP, or gross domestic product, that's going to be released at 8.30. And no change from the first estimates expected. Uh, GDP is expected to continue to show third quarter growth at 1.9%. And then at 10 o'clock, Dave, the October core PCE or core personal consumption expenditures will be released. And that's uh, an important inflation indicator. It's also expected to show no change from the prior month, remaining at 1.7% on an annualized basis, just like in September. So short, short presentation. It is going to be a short week, short information, but, you know, takes one tweet. China, who knows what's going to happen. What's really interesting is that the market isn't reacting more to these hearings, and I think think that is a good sign. I think people are going, yeah, we see this as politics. There's not uh, not what – There's not a foregone conclusion that that if it gets out of the House, it's not going to get passed in the Senate. So why worry about it? Exactly, except for those that just – 
got to just grind on something. They, you know, they give, <laughs> throw them some meat to the bones or to the lions on that group. But anyway, yeah, that's encouraging. That's good. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. You staying home for Thanksgiving? Are you going to fly out and see Hello? that grandbaby of yours? Not going to see the grandbaby and going to come out to your neighborhood, spend the weekend uh, with her uh, family. At the lake. Oh, wonderful. Well, yeah. greet your family. Grateful for you and thank you for, uh, very thankful for you and your contribution each and every week for so well, many years, 10 years. Thank you for Oh, are you kidding? I can't imagine doing it without you. Appreciate you so much. Have Thank a great you. Thanksgiving. You too. You bet. Bye-bye. Let's get over to Scott Gordon with the science of sales. Scott Gordon here with a bit of sales science. Last time we examined the first element of a story, a relatable hero. Today I want to examine the next essential element every story needs, a relevant challenge. The challenge is the obstacle or opportunity your hero faces. For example, a company. One of your competitors, perhaps, could be the obstacle. A particular situation could be the challenge. These are gold mines for scenario-based stories. The economy, another gold mine for stories for millennials and seniors alike, robbed of their ability to purchase a new home if it were not for you. Please note your challenge does not always have to be negative. An opportunity, for example, could be the challenge to which your hero rises. Without a challenge or obstacle, your stories are boring and useless. Let's take a look at a series of escalated challenges. Sally goes to the store, who cares, to buy some groceries, still don't care, for her five-year-old daughter, Carolyn, who is sick and hasn't eaten in days because her home was robbed. Their food and emergency money were taken, and her paycheck from her second job will not be deposited for another three days. Okay, now I care. It's up to you to understand the purpose of the story and scale the relevant challenge with what your relatable hero is capable of, as well as serving the overall message of your story. Challenges face both you and your borrowers on a daily basis. Make note of them, harness them, and make them your own to turn yourself into a story-selling machine. Remember, crafting effective stories is a science. There are formulas to follow that will yield measurable and proven results. It's not magic, it's the science of sales. Yeah, the science of sales. I tell you, I wrote some of the best cover letters. They're always based on the facts, but it helped me get so many tough loans through. I tell you, it was just one of those things. And I learned about storytelling when I was a loan reviewer, not just getting the business in the door, but getting it approved. Alice Alvey is here. She's CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. And she's got this week's legislative update. And I want to say, Alice, thank you so much for being here. I'm grateful for you and your husband, the friendship we developed over the years, and your contribution that's so rich in content each and every week. You never disappoint. Appreciate you. What you got for us? Oh, thanks, Dave. And thanks to you and all the listeners. They may not realize how much work you go through to pull this program together. And Anyway, I'll move on yeah, to the it. infamous URLA, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, well, Pedal 3, Freddie 65, uh, form that we were postponed. If you remember, it was supposed to be implemented here very shortly. Right. And it was postponed. There's a little bit of surprise, discussion surprise. going on now, Bryce with the agencies to have it be the next deadline being November 1st of 2020 and they're looking for some industry feedback. My personal feedback is just, you know, we, we lived through TRID 
it was very difficult to implement something where your summer busy season was your testing window. So when you have an October 30th, November 1st date, you have to pull it all together, you know, through your busy summer months as being your kind of final ramp up months. So it would be, I think, advantageous to move it all the way back to January 1st, but we'll see what they actually do. We'll keep you posted. Just to keep us all on our toes, House Bill 4783 was introduced to require that the agencies collect a preferred language option through the 1003. So, you know, this is what keeps happening. We, we think we've got a final form, and hopefully we can get this done and done before any legislation comes yeah. through that says we want the customer to check off their preferred language. That makes it very difficult for a lender to have a preferred language question in there because once you say, I'm willing to take the application in X language, pick, pick any language, you now need to service it all, everything, everything from A to Z now needs to be available in that language. It's not just, I'll just take your application and then I can switch back to English, you know, when we hit servicing or when we hit closing, everything has to be made available. So it's a big endeavor to try and give a language option. So it's not that no one wants to be able to offer customers the services that they need, but making it a mandated question makes it difficult. So just one other couple Quick heads-ups for everybody. You heard Rob Van Rapp comment on the temporary authority now in place. Just the way yeah. that his report was so quickly phrased, I want to clarify one thing. You do need to meet the basic requirements to be eligible for a license, such as not having had a bankruptcy or a felon. Uh, you do need to watch individual state requirements as well that can lay on top of this. And there's a few states that are causing some challenges with transitional licensing, and I should say temporary authority, right? So you have temporary authority to be able to take a loan application until you are licensed. It is not a temporary license. And you get the uh, 120 days to take your education or your test. So you have to pass certain criteria. You have to actually apply with that state, and you have to be employed and then you get the break to be able to take applications. So it really is a big win for those of you who consider moving from a bank to a lender. really does give you some breathing room to take that training and pass that test. So one last reminder, the VA Blue Water Bill with the funding fee, you really want to watch your pipelines right now. Funding fees are going to increase after the first of the year, and this is based on the closing date. So watch your applications and process. Make sure you're being very attentive to your veteran borrowers and get them closed before the end of the year. This will make a big difference in the cost of the loan. So that's my report. Dave, back to you. Good job. Excellent. Appreciate you so much, Alice. Be sure to greet that amazing guy you're married to. Pretty appreciate Andy and you and your friendship. Thank you so much. Thank Grateful you. for you. Enjoy. Thank you. Alan Pollock's here with the tech update. Alan, what are you doing? I forgot. Alice and I were talking before yeah. we got on air and talking about what we're going to do for Thanksgiving. And I know you've got a great neighborhood. Ken Jones lived in your neighborhood. you got all these people that live in that area. And so it's like, do you like have like a mortgage party? Like is it a mini mortgage conference in your cul-de-sac there? No, no, but I'll tell you what. Years ago, when I first moved to Florida, I did do my first Thanksgiving with somebody who worked at uh, in secondary at Everbank. So that that was uh, fun. When I moved here, uh, I couldn't believe how many people were in mortgage and just banking in general. This is a, a very big help yeah. to that. 
But, you know, you sort of teed me up just to make a quick comment that Ken, myself, and a couple others, uh, Tom Alon's out here, a number oh, yes. of us have talked about getting together. So if you're in the northeast side of Florida, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, even Daytona, Palm Coast, and you want to get together on a frequent basis and just talk mortgage shop, especially technology, but all things mortgage, uh, feel free to reach out to me. We hope to get a bunch of people together on a more often, more frequent basis. Fine. So, David, one happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And I thought I'd start us off with something kind of interesting, you know, ending last week on the human element of technology, some interesting stuff. So, of course, I went to Google, uh, our trusty friend, and I found that one is if you're looking for a turkey and the stores are out of them, you can get yourself a Bluetooth turkey call app, and that will help you hunting. So, you know, <laughs> and there are over 50 different apps. Some of them do everything from help keep you warm. Some of them help track the distance that you shoot. I mean, it's, it's, this stuff's just crazy. And so then I thought, well, let's just say you went to the store and got your turkey. You can get yourself a Bluetooth turkey thermometer. You put the turkey in the oven and you just sit around and wait and it will update you real time Notify. the temperature of the turkey. So that got me thinking yep. and I took a look. You know, Amazon reviews are always the absolute funniest. I took a look and I went right to just a food thermometer. This has like six different probes <laughs> you can put in different kinds of meat depending on how you would like to have it cooked. And I, of course, went to the two stars. And some of these reviews are great, David. Not very accurate, not wireless. The probes don't last long. Meh, works, but subpar Bluetooth. <laughs> So anyways, you know, the human element of technology is that, especially in this one meat thermometer, is that it, it, the picture doesn't show wires on the probes, but a lot of the reviews are that it comes with wires. You know, be, be warned. That leads us into our big topic for today. And it is a slow week, as uh, Joe was mentioning. There's not much in the news. A couple small things have happened. I'll just tell you two of them. One was Ginny Mae. They've uh, announced that they're using eOriginal for their eVault services. It's going to be a beta. They're hoping to con you know, continue their efforts to digitize that entire process. And then Form Free also just rolled out pay stub collection and verification as a new feature for existing customers. And that's part of their new product as well. Uh, they're partnered with LexisNexis and Digital Mortgage Application Prefill Solution is what they call it. And so, right, we've talked about this mm. the last two or three weeks. There's a bunch of folks going down that path. And then the last quick news update before we get a little bit deeper into humanization of tech. Maxwell also announced they have a partnership with Fannie Mae where they now have the availability of DU. And, you know, that's really important, David, as we've been talking about some of the capabilities of things we're looking to put in front of a borrower, the better, the sooner, faster that you can give that borrower an experience. By the way, should they want to go down that path, right? Let's not force them there. But the, the faster you can give them a good experience to know if they're approved or can they move forward or curtail or customize that experience, the better. And so that's a very big thing. So hats off to Maxwell on that piece. Now, let's get back to humanization of technology. I mentioned last week briefly this magazine article, entrepreneur.com. They had this title. And, you know, it's pretty interesting, David. It's labeled like this. And due to all the new technology, we crave convenience beyond our conventional needs. Right? Who, who wouldn't say that we don't crave yeah. convenience? Actually, there's a there's an article at Pew Research so I saw that, that said disconnecting from the network, you know, our social world, would mean disconnecting from much of society. No hospital care, no TV, no news services, no telephone. Some would attempt it, but most will not, right? So we crave this convenience. We're connected to everything. And ultimately, what I learned at this Entrepreneur Magazine is 
you know, we need to do a better job and we need to learn about the human needs and the emotion and behavior that's there. And technology is mm-hmm. just a means to actually enable that. But technology will come and go. And the human need is what stays constant. And so what they really talk about, and if you think about our industry, it falls in line so perfect. When we're, whenever we interact with digital channels, we consume information. We browse for products online to purchase or try new technology. Basically, David, we demand it to be more natural or faster. Otherwise, we just move on. How many times have you searched for something on Google and after the first page of results come up, you maybe go to the second page, but you don't go to the third page, right? You move on. You modify your search terms. That's right. You think of something so different. True. That's right. And so what this article says, which is great, think about this. And as a result, our attention span has gone lower than a goldfish. Yes. Our brains and are so sad. So yeah. true. Our, our brains are adopting and changing in the presence of technology. You know, I found another article on Forbes that just mentions so much stuff that's so related. You know, technology also opens up just more unforeseen issues. And we as humans are really necessary for solving the problems that automated services can't. I'll give you an example. You know, for those that know my background, for years I was involved in automated OCR and pricing technology and underwriting technology. The reality is, is that you stick a 1003 in there, and if the technology doesn't recognize some of the pages at the end or the takeout order menu, one page got slipped in with the 1003, because people are still scanning today, by the way. The technology doesn't always know what to do, and so it will just see it as another 1003. We can label things that we've got AI, machine learning. The reality is, is we are humans. We program the technology, and we as humans create mistakes ourselves. So we need to be there to fix those mistakes. Technology is not going to just fix it right away. And so there's this new person out there. It's called a chief human officer. So if you're looking to add this to your company, take, go ahead and Google it, chief human officer. Hmm. And their job is to keep it simple, reduce complexity, and advocate real human inclusion. And so as you head into the Thanksgiving holiday and you, you go hands off and feed up to uh, Bluetooth, cook your turkey, uh, you can think about your borrower point of sale <laughs> solution and you'll remember to humanize, humanize, humanize. Humanize, humanize. It's so good. I still stick with the wired one. Somehow sticking a yeah. Bluetooth device into a, into a refrigerator, I'm just not so sure. So I, st- I still use a wired one. But I've got something that does work, and it works well. That's great. So I love that. I got the, it comes out and goes into a device, and it's wired, then Bluetooth, and so I could be anywhere in the house. and That's good. Anyway, Absolutely. so good. All right, my friend. Appreciate you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy that beautiful family. You You've too. got some beautiful daughters, and so I know you'll have fun with them. Are they all cooking? Did they, did they hit your daughters? Hit the kitchen yeah. They with your wife like mine they do. do. They it's all just like out. I love it. Sitting and at the bar and, sitting, and they take pride in it. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. so much fun. Well, enjoy it, friend. Appreciate you so much. Thankful for you, Alan, for being here each and every. And week. likewise, appreciate it so much. You bet. When you talk about technology, Finastra has the mobile bot mortgage app. It just creates a new experience. And it's what's so interesting about this app is it actually connects directly to the database. It's not a, a web version. A uh, nice thing you can do is you can put your brand in it, your fonts, your color schemes, everything else, when and you're in business. It's simple to use, straightforward. I encourage you to check it out. Like we say, it's best of all, it's faster than a rocket. You know what I'm referencing. <laughs> Be sure to check them out. 
I love my friends over there at Quicken and Rocket Mortgage, a great company, but you need to learn how to compete, folks. And it's, you know, you can't create all the technology. You got to find someone to partner with. That is what I would suggest you do. Dan Putney and the folks there at Finastra do a great job of getting you the latest technology where you can stay focused on your business. Well, we normally would jump over to the profit doctor, Dr. Andy Shell. He is uh, going to be with us on the download version, but he's not here live. So, Dave, we were talking, well, today you're talking about M&A. So I wanted to highlight some of that. First off, I was just curious, Dave, do you have a crystal ball? Um, yeah, but it, it's got a lot of snow that flies. I shake it, it has snow in it and a snowman. See, see that's, that's part of the challenge with M&A is that a merger and acquisition transaction is looking into the future, future. but we're also yep. looking into the past and then guessing about what could be. It's like we're looking for the pot of gold at the end of the runway. We're looking for the unicorns running around in the field or the, at the end of the rainbow. So looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So the, the challenge with any M&A transaction is uncertainty. Uncertainty is the, is the evil aspect of M&A. We hate uncertainty. Businesses hate uncertainty. Overcoming uncertainty is a significant challenge, and that's what we try to accomplish. And that's why accounting is so important in these types of events and in even preparing for a future potential might happen M&A. The way that we help reduce uncertainty is by having details, have lots of granular information that is used to help manage the business. Now, ultimately, a sustainable merger and acquisition transaction is like an arranged marriage. Notice, not just a marriage, it's like an arranged marriage. Sustainable M&As are like arranged marriage where the so family good. looks at the it's family true. dynamics, the life history, the culture, and then puts that all together. But then the price of the M&A is driven by future profit. That's the thing that makes the money. Where does the money come from? Sustainability is about culture. Profitability is about the price. So profit measurement comes from accounting. And as we all know, accounting is the language of business. So you've got to have good accounting. So how to do this? Thinking about doing it in a year, what do you want to do? You want to position yourself for good M&A? It's all about operational dynamics and financial performance. So a well-run organization is able to provide you know, expansive performance reports. How did you do? What's your turn time by, by um, underwriter? What's your app to close by originator? What's your fallout by branch? What's your fallout by originator? All this stuff is super important, along with low-level profitability. What's your profit by originator? What's your profit by brands? What's your profit by product? All this stuff you got to know. If you know all this stuff, you're going to be a well-managed organization, and that's going to really help with an M&A transaction because the more you know about yourself, the more mm. easily the buyer can learn about you. And that's essential. That helps to minimize the uncertainty because you can show a buyer, hey, look, I have all these tracking reports. I've done all this process improvement. I have all this profitability. I manage branches by profitability. I know which ones are great. So if the more well-run a company is, the better the M&A transaction is going to be and the higher the price. So reducing uncertainty increases the price. Demonstrating stable Revenue increases the price. Also, having robust governance, having somebody who watches. So when management is accountable to somebody, board of directors, board of advisors, whatever it is, the family get together once a month, whatever it is, accountability 
helps to drive performance, and helps to reduce uncertainty. Those are always really important. Now, here's the mistake people make. Rapidly increasing volume, adding a whole mess of branches, significantly changing up your operational design, all that increases uncertainty. And that will actually reduce the M&A price. That's bad. You don't, want to, you don't want to grow rapidly. You want to have a nice steady pace and have really clean operations with good performance data. The point ultimately is great accounting and operation performance reports will help in an M&A transaction. And the more the buyer knows, the more likely you are to have a price. If you can avoid a substantial uncertainty discount, your price will be higher. Those are just facts. That's how it is. That's how it works. Ultimately, it comes down to certainty and cash flows. And I might throw in when it comes to M&A, if you're looking to know what your company is worth, the profit doctor, he has more letters behind his name than he has letters in his name. He's a CPA, CFF, what else? PhD, MBA, MSML, and most importantly, CMB, Certified Mortgage Banker. Banker, yes. And now PhD. So very good. That's Thanks, Dave. More, I always love teasing you. More letters behind your name that's in your name. Anyway, good job. Appreciate that. We're going to add that on our show next week. We cover that. Appreciate it, Andy. <laughs> Shell, if you want to get a hold of more wisdom, Andy does do some. Uh, that, that's the only person we refer to when it comes to evaluations. What your company's worth. It's Andy Shell and Chuck Klein. They do a great job. Chuck does a lot of M&A. Give him a shout out. He does a great job as well. So a lot of activity in that. Now, if you're listening to this podcast live, you just stay right on in. We're going to roll right into the Hot Topic segment. But if you're listening to this on a downloaded basis, this wraps up the mortgage update, the first half of our live podcast. You can listen to this on a downloaded basis. We add some extra stuff into it, so be sure to go back and listen to it, even those of you who listen to it live. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Black Knight Open Mortgage, Finastra, the MBA, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, the CMLA, as well as Velma, KnowledgeCoop, Vidyard, and AI Assist. Folks, thanks so much for taking time to listen to this week's podcast. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.